And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of the Pugging Cop Boxing Show. This is Mike Coppinger alongside Lance Pugmeyer. Tons to get into. Big breaking news. Canelo Alvarez, Callum Smith, done deal December 19th on the zone. We're going to dive into what that means for the sport's biggest star and the streaming service that everyone was leaving for dead just a couple of weeks ago. We're also going to be joined by one of the biggest stars in the sport, Errol Spence Jr., who is here to discuss his upcoming fight on December 5th against Danny Garcia on Fox pay-per-view. And of course, he's going to get into what it's going to take to make Terrence Crawford fight and also Bob Arum's comments that he is ducking Bud Crawford. Finally, we're going to recap Terrence Crawford, Kelbrook with Lance Pugmire, who was ringside in Las Vegas. And also, he's going to give us what really happens with that whole 30-minute delay and all the nonsense with Bob Bennett. Lance was on the scene for Bob Bennett's uh, near brawl, shall we say, with Bob Arum. So let's get started, everyone. And as always, if you aren't subscribed, please do so. Like, rate, review, everything helps. All right, time for the show. Let's get ready to podcast! If you're going to go stick your head in the sand like that, get out of the sport. Mike Coppinger. It's creating a huge mess. It's absurd. No, you're wrong. So, this, the only, it seems the like only a cash grab. You need to turn up and you need to be on it. We just started going at it. you got to go eat. The Pug and Cop Boxing Show on The Athletic. All right, Lance, let's jump right into it. Canelo Alvarez, the biggest star in the sport. He is back in action, getting his wish, fighting before the year is out. He got it done. He somehow got out of this lawsuit. Everything sorted out. And it's not just great news for Canelo and boxing fans overall. It's great news for Eddie Hearn and DAZN. DAZN was being left for dead just a couple of weeks ago. Eddie Hearn brings Canelo into the fold, fighting under the matchroom banner, at least for his next fight. And the streaming platform is now better than ever. They have a big fight on tap and Eddie Hearn is the one bringing it to them, not Golden Boy, who they've had a lot of problems with. What's your immediate reaction? Yeah, you know, I think back, Mike, in the in the minutes after uh, Canelo's lawsuit was filed, the DAZN people said, look, this is exactly what we wanted because we want Canelo to understand that we are not out to screw this guy. You know, there was a problem with the contracts, the multiple contracts that were in play with this. But we, we want to pay him. We want to have a, a union with him. It's just, you know, developed in a bad way with everything that, that's gone on. They were, you know, very insistent all along that they could retain Canelo as long as they could get him in the same room and explain their side to him. And look, I think that he bought that they, they did have good faith and they, and they do have his back. And certainly as we see now in, in him, you know, going back to the zone to fight Callum Smith. You know, these guys are, are back in business together. And like you said, I mean, where, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we're talking about the possible death of the zone. The zone is now all the way back with boxing's biggest cash cow. I wanted to ask you, Mike. I mean, it's clearly though, Canelo's road forward is going to be on a fight by fight basis. Is he actually like adhered to the zone for the long term or is he just going to, you know, decide, uh, when the fights present themselves? 
you know, what network, what streaming service he's going to be fighting for. I definitely think we're going to see him fight on this one fight basis. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, it's Eddie Hearn, and I think there's a great chance that we do see Canelo Alvarez against Gennady Golovkin for a third time in May on the zone. Wow. Another fight with Eddie Hearn. No, no, listen, there's no negotiation started yet. There's just a lot of optimism and a lot of hope that this is a deal that can be revisited, especially now that Canelo is going to be working with Eddie Hearn for his next fight. I'm sure Eddie's going to be rolling out the red carpet for him <laughs> and trying to keep him in the fold uh, for the near future. You know, Canelo did consider uh, a fight with with PBC and Al Heyman for December. And I was told that the guys that were discussed were Chris Eubank Jr. and Anthony Durrell. Mm. Um, ultimately couldn't get the deal done there with, uh, you know, they were looking ahead to maybe Kilo plan in May on a uh, Fox pay-per-view. But Eddie, I, I was told that Al Heyman was insisting on a multi-fight deal for Canelo mm. and Canelo, like you said, you know, he's just not interested in that right now. He's going the Floyd Mayweather route. He's going to, he's trying to carve his own path here and props to him. You know, this is what he wanted. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only thing that you, uh, you know, would look at the, look at what he's doing and say, okay, is there any reason to be worried is if anything happens in the ring where he gets injured. If he goes on a fight by fight basis, he's at the mercy of maybe sustaining a serious injury. And then what is he going to do? Whereas if he has a, a multi fight deal in place, right? Wouldn't he have the security of, okay, I'm going to be able to get paid X amount of dollars for each time I can at least step into the ring. If his skills are diminished somehow, so, some way, and let's hope that that does not happen, you know, is he sort of gambling uh, with with who he is and where he is? I mean, he is 30 years old. He is the pound for pound best fighter in the world right now. I don't see any reason that his skills will be diminished anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, of course, this is an unpredictable sport and crazy things happen all the time, but... I just don't think there's any real worry of that just yet. He's in fantastic shape. He should be at, at the top of his game for at least a few years now, uh, barring injuries and everything. And you're right. Yeah, the security is gone. But in places, security is the freedom from Golden Boy and his uh, arch rival in Oscar de la Hoya. And uh, the comfort knowing that he can carve his own path without those, without that drama, without the friction there. And I think that's priceless. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's talk about this fight, Mike. I mean, obviously, he's fighting a guy in Callum Smith from England who Canelo has already defeated Callum's uh, brother, Liam Smith. Remember, uh, I think that was in 2016 at AT&T Stadium in Texas. So there's some, uh, you know, blood revenge at play for Callum Smith. Callum Smith, 27-0, 19 knockouts. You would have to say that his biggest victory so far is defeating George Groves in the uh, World Boxing Super Series final in 2018. Um, what kind of chances do you think Callum Smith has in this fight? Yeah, that, yeah, Lance, that was definitely his biggest win and a very impressive one. I, I rate Callum Smith highly. He's a, a really good puncher. He's tremendous, tremendously big for the for the weight. He's around six foot four. Yeah, he's a big guy, but he's not coming off a great performance. He fought John Ryder last year, and a lot of people thought Ryder won. Ryder's a journeyman, of course, who already lost to Rocky Fielding. Um, so. You know, is that more of Callum just fighting down to the level of his opposition? Probably. But you got to go with Canelo Alvarez. It's hard to pick against him at this point. He could fight going backward, going forward. He, he has really has no weaknesses to his game. He has a great chin. And I expect him to attack that long torso of Callum Smith and, and you know, score a decisive victory here. But this is a great fight and there's no complaining about it. Yeah, absolutely. It is very puzzling, uh, Mike, as to why Callum Smith was so flat against John Ryder. Um, 
Any explanation at all for that? The, the, only, the only things I heard is that he just didn't take him seriously and, you know, was sleeping on the fight. But yeah. It's going to... I just... Yeah, I mean, look, it's not it's not great coming off that. A year layoff coming off, you know, John Ryder fight where you didn't look good. Uh, I'm sure, you know, he's going to try to shake that off now. I, I, I just can't pick against Canelo Alvarez. And, you know, Callum Smith hasn't proven it on the elite level. Um, Can- Canelo Alvarez has time and again. Um, and I'm not so sure that Callum Smith is necessarily that much bigger. Yes, he's the the natural 168 pounder. And yes, he's a lot taller at six foot four. He's going to have some big advantages. But Canelo just fought at 175 pounds and knocked out Sergey Kovalev yeah. at that weight last year. So let's see how this plays out with the size. Uh, what is the word, Mike, lastly on this? Is, is there any word at all about where this fight will be placed? It's going to be in Texas. That's the place allowing fans right now. And they need a gate to satisfy Canelo's purse with him taking a cut from the $35 million and that contract being void. So... I know they wanted to go to AT&T Stadium, the home of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not so sure that's possible with Errol Spence and, and Danny Garcia fighting there just two weeks earlier. You, you and I both know that they usually have clauses in the contract that there can be no similar events, you know, a few weeks before or after. Yeah. So I think it's more likely that we see at the at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, where we just had over 9,000 fans for Gervonta Davis against Leo Santa Cruz on Halloween. That'd be great. And again, a place where Canelo has fought previously and, and drew a very uh, impressive crowd. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. He, he drew a lot of fans. I think it was against Austin Trout in 2013. Mm-hmm. That's certainly a, a big Mexican presence in San Antonio. So, you know, great news for Canelo. Um, and, you know, Spence, like you said, Spence is going to fight there two weeks earlier in Dallas. Uh, Spence is from nearby DeSoto. And we're going to be joined by him right now to discuss... Terrence Crawford's fight against Kell Brook on Saturday. You know, of course, uh, Crawford against Errol Spence is one of the biggest fights that can be made in the sport. And Bob Arum made some incendiary comments and saying that he thinks Spence is going to duck Crawford as long as he can because Spence knows that he can't beat Crawford. So we'll get into all that with Errol Spence. We'll get into the fight with Danny Garcia. And of course, taking on such a tough challenge just one year after that horrific car crash. All right, we're going to take a quick break right now to hear from one of our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Now we're being joined by unified welterweight champion Errol Spence Jr. He fights Danny Garcia on December 5th on Fox Pay-Per-View. Errol, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, first off, Bob Arum had some uh, incendiary comments claiming that you're ducking Terrence Crawford because you know you can't beat him. 
obviously that's not true, but what did you make of that? Uh, I didn't make nothing of it. I mean, think about Bob Brown. He say, he say stuff all the time that, you know, he might say something, then he say something else to contradict what he says. So, I mean, with him, it's, it's something new every week. So I'm not, I don't really, I'm not really worried about what, what he's saying. He can kind of see now to me now. Yeah, I mean, and, and you already fought Kell Brook. Obviously, you know, you, you broke his orbital bone. He had surgery afterward. Uh, Crawford also knocks him out, too. D- did you take anything away from that performance? Um, no. Nah, I mean, I feel like, you know, I mean, great performance by Terrence did what he's supposed to do, but, I mean, I don't I don't see it as, you know, Kell Brook three years ago. So, I mean... I feel like Kerry Wood need to just, you know, retire. Errol, what's your what's your thoughts on I mean, there's a lot of momentum now with Crawford, you know, standing as high as he does in the pound for pound. And obviously you with the victory and kind of being able to show yourself coming back from full health from your accident. If you uh, defeat Danny Garcia on December 5th, you know, there's going to be a lot of anticipation for you guys to have that showdown. Do you see more obstacles than opportunities or more opportunities than obstacles in trying to make that fight, you know, let's say in the first half of 2021? Is it possible? Uh, it's, it's definitely possible. I feel like, you know, it's a definite fight that could happen. If you look at, you know, Danny and Wisconsin fought each other. Um, I mean, Deontay and um, yeah. Ogai fought, yeah, fought each other. And Pacquiao and Floyd fought each other. So. You know, I feel like, you know, right now it, the the money's probably not right for, you know, the guys at the networks and, you know, with the suits and the guys who who manage me and promote him, you know, to sit down and talk. But, you know, I feel like, you know, it's definitely a fight that could happen. You know, we both want it. I want to fight him. He want to fight me. So at the end of the day, you know, after this fight, you know, it's, it's time for, you know, then to sit down and talk or whatever and, you know, basically tell us, you know, what's the possibility of us fighting, you know, what could happen. Yeah, I mean, possibility of, you know, the vaccine for COVID being established. Obviously, you're having some fans at uh, Cowboy Stadium for your fight. Now, you could, I would imagine you can even expand how many people can come in if you were to fight Crawford there, um, you know, around May 2021. So maybe there is, maybe there is optimism uh, for this, this showdown to finally be taking place. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely optimism out there. It's definitely, you know, a fight that, you know, that could take place. It's just, you know, something that, you know, got to get worked out and, you know, talked about and things like that. But I can't do somebody who, you know, Bob, Bob never sent me anything or, you know, Al never told me anything, you know, Bob said about a contract or or they sent offers and this and that. So, I mean, I don't see how you ducking somebody, you know, the business-wise, that never happens. You know, you just say you want to fight somebody. I mean, me and Terrence Crawford got on the phone probably for him, you know. We said we want to fight each other, but, I mean, that's all that <laughs> – that basically happened. So, I mean, from that standpoint, you know, I don't handle my business and he don't handle his, his business. I mean, we got people to do that for us. So, 
So I feel like, you know, until Bob and Al come together and the numbers get, you know, established and they go over who gonna get what and this and that, then, you know, it'll look like a possibility. But, you know, right now I'm just focused on Danny Garcia and trying to get him out the way. Of course. Yeah, I mean, you had you had this fight with Danny Garcia originally scheduled for January, and you got into the car crash. Obviously, you suffered some bad injuries, and I think obviously people were really impressed that you're fighting such a tough opponent after a layoff. No one would have blamed you if you took a t- uh, a lighter fight. We see Keith Thurman do it all the time, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Wow. But, <laughs> but you're going right into the fire right here with Danny Garcia. Did you ever consider taking a softer touch? Oh, uh, no, I never. I never, I never considered that at all. You know that that's not how I wanted to come back. You know, I wanted to come back. You know, how I left, and you know, I felt, I felt like, you know, everybody would probably expect me to take a left, lesser opponent. You know, even if I'd have beat that opponent, and you know, got him out of there, beat him up. You know, it would have been, oh, he was supposed to do that to this guy. You know, it's somebody you're supposed to do this. See him do to you. You know, somebody that can fight back or something like that. So I just feel like with Danny Garcia, you know, that that answer my questions. It'll answer, you know, the public questions. And, uh, you know, it'll definitely get the ball rolling, you know, back how it was, you know, pre-accident. So, you know, it's just a fight that I felt like that was going to keep me, you know, going and give me 100% focus. And, you know, basically, you know, I'm in a real fight. So, I know that I got to be 100% prepared because if I slack off, you know, then Garcia is a guy that can, you know, capitalize off anyone's slack off. Yeah. I mean, I think Dan, I think it's a great fight. I think Danny Garcia is really underrated. You know, twice he was a big underdog. He he beat Lucas Matisse clear. He knocked out Amir Khan. And then his only two losses against Sean Porter and Keith Thurman, he was right there and he really just didn't throw enough shots. Um, what do you see in Danny Garcia's game that you think – makes him such a good fighter? Oh, I think, you know, it's his timing, his poise, and, um, you know, his willingness to, you know, the, to stay in there and, you know, throw shots, you know, in the fire. So, you know, I feel like, you know, all the aspects, you know, just make him, you know, a very good fighter and gives a lot of fighter trouble. He's a guy who's desperate too, right, Errol? Because, I mean, let's be honest, he has lost those fights, um, to Porter and Thurman, and now he has this other title shot against you. If he loses here, you know, he he. I wouldn't say disappears, but he he definitely falls by the wayside of you know where he wants to be in his career. So you you've got to be considering that too as you prepare for this fight. Uh, no, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> you're not, I'm not worried about <laughs> you know. No, nah, I'm not worried about anything that 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 happens to his career after we fight or. You know, him being desperate and things like that, you know, for me, it's just, you know, I come off the, you know, car accident and things like that. So I'm just focused on myself and my abilities. And, you know, I want to, I want to win, you know, as bad as I ever wanted it. So for me, it's not really about anything that, you know, that could make his career, you know, better or put him back on top or anything like that. It's just about focusing on me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, Errol, there was there had to have been a time in training camp, and we've had Derek James on to talk about this, but I'd like to hear it from you. There had to be a time when you were sparring or, you know, you're in training camp. At some point, you said, I know that I'm all the way back. You know, whatever concerns I had have disappeared. 
What when was that? What what happened where you said, you know what, bring on Danny Garcia? I could, I'm fine. I'm my old self. Oh, well, I didn't get the Danny Garcia. I got the Danny Garcia fight before I even started spawning. <laughs> oh, wow. Sparring, wow. So, so, yeah. How did you know was, you were ready, though? Um, I just knew in my head, man. You know, I'm a headstrong person. You know, I just, I just felt it just in training, things like that. I was like, and plus, you know, if I wasn't, you know, if I would have sparred and, and kept sparring and, you know, I was just hitting hit with shots I wasn't supposed to get hit with or, you know, my reflex wasn't where they supposed to be. You know, I had my dad that was watching me, you know, always watching me. You know, I had my coach too, you know, and myself too. You know, I would have just, you know, retired or, you know, just called it quits, you know, things wow. like that. So, so for me, for me, you know, it was it was that aspect that, you know, I just felt like I was a hundred percent back just just going off my reflexes and my ability to, you know, not get hit with certain shots and, you know, land certain shots and just beating up opponents that, you know, that I'm I'm used to, you know, putting hands on. So I was like, Okay, you know, everything, you know, basically clicking. Right. Yeah, I mean, Errol, you're pretty active on Twitter. You have a funny feed, and you know as well as anyone how crazy boxing Twitter gets. And you were silent for a while after the car crash, and people were getting carried away, right, with their imaginations, saying, you know, you're, you aren't going to fight again and all kinds of stuff. What, what was going through your mind when you were seeing these things? Oh, nothing I see, I see is, you know, you can use this two things. You use it to push you down. Or you can use it as a uh, motivation. So for me, it was just, you know, it was just, you know, I was like, okay, I got to prove this person wrong. I got to prove that person wrong. Oh, let me screenshot that. Let me screenshot that. You know, <laughs> oh, that's my horse. <laughs> it was Sunday morning. Uh, it's Sunday morning. I just, you know, tweeted everybody back who was saying, you know, all type of stuff and just, you know, tell them to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, sp- speaking of horses, another fighter who loves horses, Canelo Alvarez, you know, he's not fighting at 168. And I saw his trainer, Eddie Reynoso, say that he would love to see a future fight between him and you at 160. Do you think that's something that could happen? Oh, definitely. I feel like that fight, that fight would be huge at the Cowboy Stadium. You know, probably you know at one sixty or so, but that's a that's a huge that's a huge and big fight. So you know, it's a fight that you know that could definitely happen. I mean, he's not with you know he doesn't have any promoter or any anybody that he's tied to. You know, so I feel like you know it's a fight that can definitely happen. Do you think Errol too? I, I asked Crawford right after his fight on Saturday who he wants to fight most, and I thought he was going to say you, but he said Manny Pacquiao. Obviously, Manny's you know only got a few fights left. Do you think there's there's going to be a race between you and Crawford to try to get to Pacquiao first? I mean, obviously you were ringside and you saw him what he did to Keith Thurman. I remember we we talked in the at the hotel elevator uh, the next morning, and you said the guy looks great. I want that fight. Um, what do you see transpiring in that pursuit of Manny? Um, I mean, for me, I mean, either it's gonna happen or it's not. I mean, I feel like it's not a race. I mean, Manny gonna pick, you know, who he wants to fight. You know, I feel like the fight with me and Manny Pacquiao makes more sense because 
I mean, we could fight, you know, basically at Cowboy Stadium, 100,000 plus fans. And, you know, he's going to get what he want, I'm going to get what I want. And, uh, you know, it definitely be a great fight. So, you know, I'm not I'm not in a race to, you know, to fight anybody. And, and, and I'm competing against another person to fight another man. You know, if it happens, it happens. If it's not, it's not. You know, so that's how, you know, I deal with that. Yeah, I mean, look, we we see how big of a draw you become. You're you're doing over three hundred thousand on pay per view. You've had a close to fifty thousand at Cowboy Stadium. If you and Crawford were to fight, would you want sixty forty or something like that? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely should get the the bigger 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 uh, share. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna say what Bob Ryan said uh, just recently, but I mean. You know, you know the, the proof is in the pudding. You know who's the biggest draw and things like that. So, you know, I feel like you know he's a great fighter, has a lot of talent, has a lot of skills and ability. But you know, I feel like sixty forty or whatever you know it may be. I feel like you know that's the right, that's the right, um, that's basically the right price. But I mean, we at the end of the day, it's about sitting at the table. We haven't set a table. I mean, my manager and his promoter had not sat at the table and talked. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, until that happens, then the discussion really, you know, come in once, you know, my manager get in it and, you know, his promoter get in it because I don't know what the folk make do. So, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> My manager ain't talking no damn Bo Mac about no damn fight. <laughs> hey man, you said <laughs> fair enough. Um, you know, Errol, when you were, this is obvious. We've had a lot of inspiring stories in boxing, but this is right up there. Um, we've seen the photos of you on Instagram. What really were the extent of your injuries, and, and how hurt were you? For those who don't know, um. I was, you know, I was, I was hurt. My body was, you know, basically banged up. I mean, you, the only thing that happened was, you know, I didn't break any bones, but, you know, I did, you know, get thrown out of the car and land on concrete. You know, I was just fortunate enough, you know, not to break, you know, not to break any bones or, you know, have just a huge gash on my face or on my body and things like that. But, you know, my muscles did, did you know get a lot of trauma? Inflicted a lot of trauma. The concrete inflicted a lot of trauma in my muscles and and things like that. And I did get some teeth knocked out and stuff like that. And I had a black eye and things. But you know, I look like you know some of these boxers shit they be getting in these uh <laughs> in these fights <laughs> and how they get to the hospital. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I was gonna say, I mean. I know. Obviously, you're a really tough guy, one of the toughest guys in the world. You're you're a professional fighter at the highest level. But like, what are you thinking in the immediate moments after you hit the concrete? Are you like, like it's crazy? What was I thinking? I don't even remember hitting the concrete. I don't remember the car accident, so I wouldn't think anything. I was knocked out cold. I mean, I didn't. I don't. I don't remember the accident. I remember nothing from the accident. I remember one of the things you said, Errol, uh, in your first comments after it was that you feel like, you know, there was maybe some uh, a higher power looking out for you and that, you know, your the meaning of your life is, you know, now so important considering that you have been spared, you have survived. 
and you still have this great career ahead of you. Can you talk about that and just kind of finding the perspective of living through this and, and still having this great life ahead of you and what you want to do with it? Uh, you know, I just feel like, you know, when somebody life, you know, almost you cut short for no more, you know, you, you have a life altering accident, you know, your whole perspective on life change and things like that. So, and for me, I just feel like, you know, it really, you know, I, it, it really ha- had nothing to do with me, you know, surviving the accident. Of course, you know, I might be strong, this and that this and that, but, you know, for somebody to get thrown out of Ferrari and, you know, and hit the concrete and, you know, a car drive, drive, you know, they see see a dust settle and things like that and, you know, stop their car and things like that, you know, not run you over, just certain, so many factors that happen. Like, if I'd have had my seatbelt on, you know, I wouldn't, you know, how the, the thing would have probably went, the seat, the, the um, the steering wheel would have went through, you know, my chest and things like that. So, you know, it was out of different factors that that just played in. I was like, you know, you know, I'm extremely blessed. You know, I'm here for a reason. You know, and you know, I feel like something that was protecting me that day, that day, that night. You know, and you know, that's that is how I felt like I just was protected, and you know, I'm here for a reason. And, I don't know if I'm here what reason that, you know, that I survived, but, you know, at this point, I'm just going to, you know, take care of my kids and, you know, make sure my family's straight and, you know, make sure, you know, I give my kids the best life possible. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, we're definitely glad you're, we're glad you're okay. We're glad you're, we're glad you're fighting in a big fight on December 5th. We're excited for it. Uh, before we let you go, you know, you're a big dude. How many fights do you think you have left at 147 anyway? Um, you know, I always say at least probably like three. Three fights. I mean, you know, my my top pick at 47 is, you know, Manny Pacquiao, Terrence Crawford, and, uh, you know, I'm fighting Danny Garcia. So, you know, it's easy, you know, Three, then I'm move I'm not taking any tune of. I mean, if I have to fight a mandatory or something like that, then I will. But you know, if if it's the right fight for me, if to move up, I definitely move up. But you know, I'm just you know moving on my own accord and you know seeing how the cards lay out for me and you know playing playing the high seat. But but no Keith Thurman. Uh, nah, man, we can chill where he at. I don't know where he at, but he can chill. He's talking about I got to move up or move down. Shit, I guess I'm moving up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When uh, I host, like, in a serious note, though, yeah. I mean, I right now I can't. I mean, I really don't care to fight him at all, but, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's funny how, you know, he he wanna fight me so bad now, but you know, when I wanna fight him, you know, I was I was a young boy and this and that, this and that. So you know, it's kinda you know, it's kinda ironic. Like I always said on Twitter, table turn. You live and learn. Let's hit pause for a second and hear a quick advertisement. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. There you have it, Errol Spence Jr., Unified Welterweight Champion, fighting Danny Garcia on December 5th on Fox Pay-Per-View. You can follow Errol Spence if you're not already on both Twitter and Instagram at Errol Spence Jr. So Lance, you look at this, he obviously sounds very confident. And I thought Errol Spence was a little more outspoken than usual. Took some big shots at Crawford trainer and manager Bomack. <laughs> uh, took some shots at Keith Thurman and, and made it clear that he is not going to fight Terrence Crawford unless he's getting the lion's share of the promotion. And I think that's fair considering Spence has proven to be the much bigger pay-per-view drawer and, and the much bigger drawer at the gate. Absolutely, Mike. I mean, my takeaway from it is that he is, you know, definitely willing to take on Terrence Crawford, but he wants to be paid what he feels like he deserves to be paid. And that is in no way, shape or form ducking a fighter. It's a, it's, it's a clear look at, you know, the finances of the sport. And he's able to say like, look, I've had these successful pay-per-views. We've seen what you've done on pay-per-view Crawford. And, you know, I'm, I deserve like you said, the lion's share of the money. It, it was, there was no ducking. There was no dodging at all. He's basically saying, I'm either going to fi- be fighting someone like Manny Pacquiao, who, you know, again, he deserves to fight. It would be like a passing of the torch fight, uh, to whoever gets Manny Pacquiao first between Spencer Crawford. And then I want Bud Crawford. And, you know, look, I think the biggest issue at play, Mike, is, what kind of restrictions will still be in place when it's time for Errol Spence's next fight in, in May or around May? You know, are, will bigger crowds be allowed to gather? Will, you know, you be able to have, um, closed circuit, um, uh, uh conferences? Would, will you be able to have more, um, home pay-per-view parties, which, you know, encourages a lot of people to buy the pay-per-view? Uh, and if all that is in play and it makes sense, you know, I've got a store, story in uh, today's athletic talking about all the different things in play for this fight 
there is a definite uh, window of opportunity here uh, to get this fight done. But I think if if Terrence Crawford is going to be dug in on a 50-50, then it's it's not going to happen. And then like like we talked about, it is going to be a race to see who can get uh, Manny Pacquiao. But I thought also thought, Mike, you know, your questions to him about the accident and, and what he went through, uh, we had never heard Errol Spence be so thorough in detailing exactly what happened to him and the injuries that he suffered, you know, through and exactly in fine detail, uh, what happened to him. I mean, the fact that he talked about being completely knocked out when, when thrown to the ground, uh, was just riveting information. And, you know, look, he, he was given a second chance to live. He was given a second chance to, you know, come back and stamp himself as one of the uh, greatest fighters ever. And I think by jumping in with Danny Garcia, that's exactly what he is trying to do. Yeah, it's, it's a great, great fight. Um, we, we have a loaded December. Canelo Alvarez, Calum Smith, Errol Spence Jr. against Danny Garcia. We're going to have Anthony Joshua against Kubrat Pulev. Looks like we're going to have Ryan Garcia against Luke Campbell, potentially at the end of the month, maybe December 26th. Uh, we might have Gennady Golovkin against Camille Zarameta on December 18th, the night before Canelo. Wow. And there's also Nonino Donaire on, um, against Emmanuel Rodriguez, unfortunately not against Nordinu Bali. We have Boots Ennis coming back in December. I mean, this is one, I can't remember a more crowded end of the year. Shakur I mean, Stevenson obviously too, lot, yeah. Trying to fit a lot. Oh yeah, Shakur, exactly. Shakur Stevenson too against Toka Conclary on December 12th. I mean, our, <laughs> I guess no vacation for a while for either it's of amazing. us. It's amazing. Exactly. But, that's um, okay. That's, that's great. I, I bring on the fights and I'm, I'm glad we're ending the year with a bang. Um, I, I, look, I, I kind of doubt that we do see Errol Spence Jr. against Terrence Crawford, you know, while this contract is still going on between Crawford and Top Rank. Uh-huh. Why is PBC going to help out Top Rank and, and extend an, an, a life raft here? Right. I, I just don't see it. The only, the, the and, thing, yeah, that you're right. The thing that, that Bob Arum talks about, and again, he can say whatever he wants because he is Crawford's promoter, but the point he makes is that when they look at the, the pay-per-view arrangement that they had in place for uh, Fury and Wilder, ESPN Plus, you know, generated a lot of those buys. So they would have, you know, another, another partnership with ESPN Plus in play place in addition to you know fox with the direct tv and dish network carrying this and then also that top rank has to pay crawford not pbc so that's that's aram's big sell selling point on on making this fight but you're absolutely right i mean al Heyman may just say you know look for the for the betterment of my business and for the betterment of my uh partnership with my broadcast uh broadcaster fox you know i want this guy to myself and he's gonna he he can be with me as early as October. So, um, it is, it is a fascinating situation and it definitely worth watching. Yeah. And I suspect it's going to be more of a competition between Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford for Manny Pacquiao services. That yeah. seems to be the real chase. I mean, there's also Mikey Garcia there too. I mean, Mikey Garcia might end up getting that Pacquiao fight and then where it is maybe then Crawford and Spence go toward each other. But I don't expect we see Crawford and Spence in the first half of next year. If, you know, if, not until Crawford leaves top rank at all. But also, I, I also, Lance, I found it interesting. Errol Spence, you know, kind of glossed over it, but he said that he thinks Kell Brooks should retire. Yeah. Uh, do you agree with him? I do. I mean, what, what more is left for Kell Brook to do? I mean, he will, he is a guy, when you talk about someone uh, going out on their shield, 
he is, you know, the guy that's in the dictionary for that. I mean, he, look at the guys he fought with Golovkin, Spence, and Crawford. Yes, he lost all three fights, but this is a guy who was a willing participant, uh, a very brave fighter. Again, you know, he was doing okay in these early rounds with his jab, but let's be honest, he just couldn't fend off the pressure of Terrence Crawford. And while Errol, Errol Spence wasn't too impressed with what Terrence Crawford did, I was from the standpoint of that Terrence Crawford had to adjust. You know, he had to deal with that jab. He had to deal with a bigger man. And he found a way, a way very quickly to solve the riddle. And not only that, Mike, I mean, he, in my opinion, I think he's the best finisher in the sport right now. When he, when he senses that someone is injured, he goes for the kill. And again, he showed no mercy in, in taking the bigger, the bigger man, Brooke, out. You know, first he sent his head through the, under the top rope. And then he finished him with that, with that just punishing combination that Brooke didn't even know where he was. You know, Terrence had to explain to him like, Hey man, the fight's over, you know? And I thought it was funny because the day before at the weigh in, Mike, um, some people in, on Brooke's camp had been talking a lot of shit to Terrence and Terrence made sure that after he told Brooke where he was, he went over and had a few choice words for Brooke's corner man to sort of put him in his place. Because as we, as we know, a lot of us in the media know, Terrence Crawford is a man who forgets no crossword that is aimed his way. Right. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. As our friend, uh, friend of the show, Chris Mannix would say, Crawford is a composed and ferocious finisher. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was still an impressive victory for Crawford, but it's clear to me that Brooks punch resistance is gone. I mean, the first good punch that landed finished him off. And it's no surprise considering this guy has two titanium plates in his face. Yeah. Uh, I had Brooke up two, one going into the fourth. Not that it matters much. Crawford is typically a slow starter and, you know, look, I, I don't think this changes my opinion of Crawford one way or the other uh, off of this fight with Brooke. Other than maybe that, you know, his power is real. This guy is a great guy. He is a great puncher at 147. Maybe even better than we originally uh, anticipated. But, you know, the, the, uh, it's, it's crazy. The, the Crawford fight almost got overshadowed, Lance, by all the controversy and drama that you were ringside for with the Andrew Maloney-Joshua Franco fight. Take the listeners through that. What was going on with Bob Bennett and Bob Aaron, first of all? Well, that was crazy. I mean, obviously, that was uh, at the culmination of what was a 26-minute delay before they officially announced that the fight was a no decision uh, because of a ruling by referee Russell Mora that Joshua Franco had had endured a uh, swollen, completely swollen right eye because of an accidental clash of heads. And Mora had made note of a, a clash of heads during the first round, but also during the first round, you can plainly see, and this is the biggest point of the Andrew Maloney and Bob Arum camp, is that Maloney landed 13 jabs, many of which went to that right eye region of Josh Franco. And when you look at the replays, there's one, there's one point where Maloney la lands a, a jab flush and seconds later, you can see that eye starting to, you know, turn black and blue. So a lot of people who were there at the fight, who were ringside, even a lot of people who were watching this on television felt definitely that Andrew, it was Andrew Maloney's jabs, not any kind of accidental headbutt that caused the damage and that the fight should have been you know, awarded to Andrew Maloney and that he should have been declared the WBA super flyweight champion instead of Franco retaining it by this no decision. So after all this, you know, there was a long review and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. 
But after this long review happens, you see 89-year-old promoter Bob Arum race over to the head of the Nevada State Athletic Commission, you know, a former FBI employee, Bob Bennett. And Aram, you know, I, I mean, you talk about us, Mike, as uh, being in a role of where, you know, we question authority at every turn. Aram was like the king of that group. And he got right up in, in Bennett's face. And while there was talk that he threw a punch, I don't think he threw a punch as much as he started, you know, kind of like getting going chest to chest and letting him know like, hey, hey, man, you made a wrong decision here. And not only that, you've like, you know, kind of embarrassed my our broadcast here. You've embarrassed the sport. You say that you have a good replay system in place, but it took you friggin' 26 minutes to announce exactly what happened. Now, uh, Mike, I, I mean, what was it like for, for you as a, view, a television viewer to see this? Because I want to talk a little bit more about it, but I, I don't know what it was like for you guys as viewers to watch all this play yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, I was with a few people who were casual boxing fans, and they were really frustrated. And they were saying, what is this nonsense? This is boxing all over again. And it's like, it's hard to defend the sport over and over when this stuff happens. You know, mm-hmm. it, it harkened back to the Canelo Kovalev uh, delay, right? When they were like falling asleep on the couches. Like what? I, I don't know why the sport just can't get out of its own way, but well, yeah, 30 and, minutes to figure that out. I why, know. Why did it take 30 minutes? Well, clearly, look, Bob Bennett came back to me uh, on Sunday and was trying, in, in my opinion, Mike, I mean, I'm editorializing here. He was doing nothing but spin control. I'm sorry. He was taking a, a, a ration of shit because of that 30 minute delay. And there's no question to any of us who were watching what was going on. If he had effectively communicated his decision within two minutes, as he said he did to the ring announcer, Mark Chinook, you know, uh, then Mark Chinook, then he should have said like, you know, get up in the goddamn ring and explain that this fight is over, you know, that it is a no decision, but he didn't do that. They just kept looking at those video monitors and I even talked to the uh, official uh, replay um, director, basically, Robert Bird, you know, who's a, also a, a, a ref in, in, in many fights. And he told me, look, we were reviewing and reviewing and reviewing what was going on to see what came first. You know, what caused this, the, the accidental clash of heads or the jab? And like I wrote in my story, it's like, these guys were, <laughs> it was like they were, they were, you know, trying to establish what came first, the chicken or the egg, Mike. I mean, it was ridiculous. It lasted so long. Um, they're looking at numerous angles. They kept asking. Bennett was on the phone. You know, we were wondering who was it he was on the phone with. He was on the phone with ESPN producers asking for a replay after replay. If you had a final decision, why wasn't that said? You know, basically, guy, like, go shake the guy by his lapels and say, get in the ring and announced that this thing is over. The fact that that did not happen is an indictment of Nevada's replay system. And honestly, uh, it needs to be cleaned up significantly because they should have had an answer. Uh, you know, uh, the, the answer that the rest of us all saw while we were watching the fight. Yeah, Lance. I mean, it was just a complete mess. And I, I agree with your um, analysis of the how the events transpired. I mean, look, if, if that was the case, why wouldn't Bennett just go to Top Rank and say, hey, let's get the show on the road. Let's get let's get it moving or something. I mean, I'm not even sure that he got it wrong. You know, I, I did see the, some of the videos going around and maybe it was a head, but I, I, I didn't see it at first. I, I'm not quite sure what, if we got it right or they got it wrong. The only thing I know is, is that it should not have taken 30 minutes. And again, 
boxing needs to figure out these problems, whether it's on the promoter level, the fighter level, the commissional state slash state level. I mean, Bennett has been overseeing just a complete mess in Vegas and Nevada over the last few years. There's never any accountability from him, whether it's the judging, whether it's Julie Letterman's wacky scorecards with Teofimo Lopez against Lomachenko, or was the zany scoring from Adelaide Bird or CJ Ross. It's just always the same old story. And I would like to see Bennett eventually step up or step out. Right. And there was even some flawed scoring uh, uh, with the UFC fight on Saturday as well. You know, um, yeah, I agree with you, Mike. I mean, you, you, you're counting on your leader to say like the buck stops here and to explain himself instead of looking to really kind of like scapegoat the situation. What we know from the situation now is that the WBA has the ability to review this thing. I would not expect them to overturn the decision by Nevada, but I would expect them to order a fight. And in initial comments from Bob Arum, I think he's uh, interested in taking that fight to Australia, uh, Andrew Maloney's uh, home country, rather than putting it back in Las Vegas. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, and I've seen a lot of talk of maybe George Cambosis against Teofimo Lopez in Whoa. Australia. So that could make sense, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And look, look, Mike, I mean, as much as we say, you know, boxing again has dropped the ball. Great ratings from the show, right? I mean, you reported first that ESPN um, had very strong ratings. We know that they had that that fight and that whole that whole night was the the most socially engaged uh, fight within la- the last two years. And while I expected, and I'm sure you did, that a lot of people were turning their channels away from the situation, I think it was just such a cluster that everyone was was tuning in to see what kind of bizarre turn you know, in boxing can happen next. Yeah. You know, some bad stuff for boxing, but overall good news for boxing right now. Like you said, over 2 million people watching that fight, good ratings for ESPN, good news for top rank and great news for the zone with Canelo Alvarez back in the fold. But that's our show for today. Thanks so much everyone for listening as always. And remember, if you haven't already subscribed to the athletic, you can read all of Lance and mine's work for just $1 per week by going to theathletic.com slash hugging coffee.